Let's pray to the Lord that God himself will instruct us, that he will speak unto us in a language that is clear. There is a reason these chapters were penned down in the Holy Scriptures. Shall we pray to the Lord that even as we come today, God will reveal his deep purpose even to us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. This evening, by the grace of God, before I pray, I want to thank everyone uh, for joining and for those that will also listen to this session. I am inclined to introduce this whole series. Um, it's going to be a series of studies on the last night of Sodom. And you notice that we read the book of Genesis chapter 18, chapter 19, to actually give us an introduction into what exactly happened. You saw and read how Abraham pleaded for the land. We are going to be starting this series, and today we are looking at the topic, an evening like any other. Now, I believe many of us are already familiar with the story of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I expect that anyone who grew up in even the most basic form of Christian environment would know that there were one cities called Sodom and Gomorrah that God destroyed because of their sins. Now I would mention very importantly that many of us know the city to be associated with a specific form of sexual sin. 
But this is not all that we're in these cities, as we'll come to see as we go through this series. But as we come to start this session, I want to ask that we come with an open mind and pray that God will reveal those things which we do not know about these cities unto us and how it impacts our Christian life and our Christian living in these last days that we are in and really palpates the heart of God with respect to why he has caused these chapters to be written in the scriptures. Now, you would agree with me also that there is a purpose for the writing of this in scripture because the Bible says that all scriptures is given by inspiration of God. So it simply means that the Holy Spirit inspired Moses to paint these words down. Though Moses was not living at the time, he could have just started talking about Abraham. And right while we were talking about Abraham in chapter 18, before that ended, there was a matter that came up. And it was the matter of this man, Loth. It was the matter of this land, Sodom. And the Bible says that all scriptures is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, the people of God, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You see, the, the purpose of this work that we are doing is to present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And so the centerpiece of what we are doing focuses on the scripture. So this evening, I would encourage you again to be very open and seek the face of God, even as the word comes unto us. And say in your heart, even as we begin this, that, oh God, speak, reveal your mind unto me. You have not come to listen to what I have to say. It's not about what I have to say. It's about what was the purpose of God for revealing this word. So let us pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that your Holy Spirit, the teacher of all things, will come even to our midst this evening and reveal the deep things of this word unto our soul. We pray that you would open our eyes of understanding, that we may behold the deep things that are in your word. Help us to profit from this living world that you have caused to be penned down. Thank you because we know you have answered. For in Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen. Now, I know some of the questions that may be in our mind or that may be in the heart of many of us today. Now, why this topic? Why must we call it the last night of Sodom? Should it have been the last days? Now, we start by saying that this matter is a very, very crucial matter. And when Jesus Christ came to the world, he made mention of it. And I want to say that the events of Sodom serve as a prototype of the coming destruction on this sinful world. Sodom and Gomorrah serve as example of God's judgment. And if you turn your Bible with me to the book of Luke, chapter 17, and verse 28, and we're going to be reading a few passages here to start us off uh, in this series. In Luke chapter 17, verse 28, the Bible says, Likewise, likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So you see that Jesus Christ in his time pointed to these events as a prototype of what will be happening in the world when it's going to come. Now that was not all. If you look at the book of 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, I read from the King James Version, it says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example. Now, that is example. Underline that there. An example unto those that should live ungodly. 
You see there, another word, example, a prototype. If you look at the book of Jude chapter 1 verse 7, the Bible says, through Apostle Jude, that even as Sodom and Gomorrah mentioned there again, and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example. You see the word example again? Example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, you see Jesus, you see Apostle Peter, you see Apostle Jude here as well, pointing to the fact that this Sodom and Gomorrah has been given unto us. The Holy Spirit has caused this event to be pained. And it's now a reference point for the kind of destruction that will come upon the world of the ungodly. So there is no question about what will happen to this world. Because you can just say, look at what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because the scriptures has made this clear. Now, perhaps, you know, some people may be saying, I hope those people are not here. And they may say, be saying that maybe this is a made-up story. Maybe it's, it's just, you know, a tale. May I say that this is an event that really happened? Now, I hate to use archaeological findings to, to prove that an account in the Bible is true. Because I believe that archaeology is not the standard of proof. That the Bible is a standard of proof. And it is true by itself without archaeology. But archaeology finds it so that events that were described in the scripture must have happened in the place that Sodom and Gomorrah was. And they found it so. Now, but not because they found it. But more importantly, if you look at the King James Version of the Bible, there are close to 50 references, over 50 references, for the word Sodom. Though not everything talked about the city, but even proverbially talked about what happened to the city and how it impacts and uh, refers to the land of Israel when they went into, into sin. Now, so you see very well that our Lord Jesus Christ made reference to it also in the book of Luke chapter 17 that we read. So it's not a question. Jesus was not talking about a tale. It was an event that really happened. And Jesus used this to describe his coming. So as we go through this series, today is an introductory session. Over the next few weeks, you would expect that we'll be speaking about some very, very important and crucial matters that have direct applications to our lives, our living as Christians in these last days, in this last time, in this period that shouts and screams the fact that this is the last days. And it's not a cliche that we are saying that this is the last days, but we are going to be pointing to proofs to tell you the climax and similar to the time of Sodom to say and to prove that these are times that believers need to arise and be ready because it could happen any moment. Now, for all professing believers, we'll be talking about the life of Lot by the grace of God next week. We're also going to be talking about making comparison between Sodom and the world that we are in. If the Lord permits us in the series as well, we will be taking a session on Christian family and parenting. We are going to see the flaws of Lot, but not because we want to talk about Lot, but because we want to talk about how believers should deal with the matter of parenting and family life, even in these last days. I trust God that we will be delving into a synopsis of Christian parenting in the last days and making comparison between the Lot kind of parenting and the Abraham kind of parenting. Now, we would also be having a session for ministers of the gospel. And in this session, we trust God to help us look into the mission, the mission of the angels that came to rescue Lot out of the fire. You see that they came and they said, escape for your life. What was their message? What was their method? And how did they do it? You realize that the angels, at some point, because it was lingering, they pulled him out. And God is going to be using these sessions to actually tell us about what should be our role in this world as ministers of the gospel. Now, you can also expect other sessions on prayer, 
you see Abraham's prayer. And you would realize as we go through the series as well, that it was as a result of the prayer of Abraham that Lot escaped. We talk about remembering Lot's wife that Jesus Christ mentioned. And we are asking, number one, pray along with us. Number two, come along with us. Number three, invite people to be part of this because God is going to be revealing his heart, his mind unto us. And we are trusting God. We are praying. We are seeking the face of God that we do great and mighty things in our life. And it would usher kind of revival that we've never seen before in our days in Jesus' name. Today, as we look at an evening like any other, I know that many of us might have heard, oh, it was an evening like no other. But in this case, you're saying an evening like any other. And I want to make mention of that and where this comes from. If you turn your Bible to the book of Genesis, chapter 19, in Genesis chapter 19, and I read from verse 1, the Bible says, and there came two angels to Sodom at evening. If you read the Amplified Version of the Bible, it says it was evening when the angels arrived at Sodom. And if you go to verse 23 of the same Genesis chapter 19, the Bible says the sun was risen upon the head when Lot entered into Zohar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plains and all the inhabitants of the cities. And that which grew upon the ground, but his wife looked back from behind him. And she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where she stood before the Lord. And he looked towards Sodom and towards all the land in the plain. And beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, when it overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. Now, as we look at this passage, you know, we could focus on the men that came to Sodom. Or we could focus on Lot, the man that welcomed the men that came to Sodom. But today, as we look at the topic before us, we want to look at the, the time component. The time component of what happened in this place. Like we heard, it could happen anytime, any moment. And it could happen in just a twinkle of an eye. So let me share with you the sequence of events that we have recorded before us here. And I will encourage you to follow me as I read, taking note of the time and sequence of events. If you turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 18, verse 1 to 2. Now note the time. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in a tent door in the heat of the day. Now that was when the three people, the two angels and the Lord, they went to stand before Abraham. Now, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed toward himself towards the ground. Now, so in the afternoon, now if we say in the heat of the day, we assume that is like 1 p.m., 12 to 1, because that is the, the time in which the sun is very, very hot. So it was in the afternoon that they arrived at Mamre. Now, when we come to chapter 19, you see the events of chapter 18 and chapter 19, they were very, very successive. In chapter 19, it says, and there came two angels. Now, there were three before. One was the Lord, and Abraham stood before him, was praying. And two of them came, and they went to Sodom. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. Now, if you go look at uh, verse 15 of chapter 19, you will see the Bible says, and when the morning arose. So afternoon, evening. Then the night, when the morning arose, meaning at the rising of the morning, 
if you use other translation of the scripture, you will see the money was just arising, meaning the money was just appearing. It's what we call like the dawn. It was dawning. Then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And when you come to verse 23, the Bible says the sun was risen upon the heads. Now that's also a description of time. What's that talking about? Meaning the sun has appeared. It is not yet afternoon. The sun has appeared, meaning it's still morning because the sun appears in the morning when Lot entered into Zohar. But look at chapter 19, verse 27. The Bible says, And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked, he saw the whole of the plain was all in smoke. Now, what can we see here? Everything happened within less than 12 hours from the appearance of the angel at Mamre to the full destruction of Sodom, in which the whole land, the whole plain was in flame. It was in a very, very short period of time. When the angels awoke lost, the day was breaking. By the time that Abraham had risen early in the morning and reached the place by the tent from which he had seen and looked yesterday on the very nice looking plain, all things were already over. Brethren, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah was sudden. It was swift. It was surreal. It was very strange, as though it was a dream. I want to say that if you had been in Sodom or Gomorrah or any of the adjoining cities that were destroyed in the overthrow in the evening preceding it, you would never have suspected that anything was going to happen the next morning. You would never have suspected that by this time, tomorrow, the place where you were standing was no more. There was nothing to tell it was going to be the last evening of Sodom and Gomorrah. There was no pre-wire. There was no foul smelling in the air. There was no strange sound in the sky that pointed to the imminent destruction of the cities. You see, the sun shined as usual, and the sun went down as usual. Everything seemed to go as usual. Someone once said, there was no fiery sword seen hanging on the sky that would tell people, hey, it is happening. Brethren, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And Jesus himself said so. There were no signs that appeared in the sun as it sank peacefully to set in the west. There was nothing. If there were magicians, if there were soothsayers, if there were people that read the sky and they were looking, they couldn't have seen anything. You see, the farmers, Jesus Christ talked about the people in the time of Lot. You see, they were, they were eating, they were drinking. See, they had cattle. You know, Lot also had cattle. The cattle came home as usual after they went to the field to go and graze. And the dogs, if they had dogs, they barked. The sheep, you know, they bleated. And the voice of the children at play were heard. And then darkness fell. And everything went silent in the night. Maybe some people were having some party. Maybe some people were thinking about what they were going to do with their lives. Maybe some people had plans that, oh, we are going to get married. Some people had plans for, you know, what business they are going to do. You know, Jesus Christ said they were transacting business. But they never knew that that was the last time that the city was going to exist. And so the night came, and the day began to break. And the angels already lost out of the city. And before you say, the city was no more. Like I said, you know, imagine a businessman will have plans for the next day. The trader would probably be stocking up for the next market day. Oh, Jesus Christ said it. That they were marrying and giving to marry in the time of Noah. As an example, maybe there were some newly wedded. Maybe there were some people who had plans for their own lives, what they wanted to do. Maybe some people had even already set their wedding days. 
and said to themselves, on such and such day, I will do such and such, but no God in it. I want you to think about that. The night before, the evening before, no previous announcement. The next morning, all hopes and all plans of men are now speedily gone in the raging fire. Under the fierce wrath and the anger of God. And Jesus Christ himself said in Luke chapter 17, he said, just like that, that would be how the coming of the Son of Man shall be. Men will have their plans. Men will have their programs. Now, I'm not saying you should not have plans. I'm not saying you should not have programs. But where are you standing in Christ? Christ Jesus says, likewise, as it was in the days of love. They did eat. They drank. They both. They sold. They planted. They built it. But the same day, the lot went out of Sodom. It rained fire and burned. So the same day, the same day. I want to call your attention to the same day. And Jesus Christ said, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Think about that. And think about why we are saying this is the last night of Sodom. And let us look at it. And let's see what we can learn from it. The same day. I want to tell you about the same day. And this is not the first time the same day would happen. The same day. In the time of Noah. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 7 verse 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life. In the second month. The seventh day of the month. The same day. Where all the foundations of the, of the great deep broken up. And the windows of heaven were opened. You know, the people were told that this destruction was coming. But they never believed it. But in just one day. That same day. When Jesus Christ was going to talk about it in that same Luke chapter 17, he said the same day that Noah went into the ark, then the flood came the same day. You see, it will not give people opportunity to think and to, uh, and to react because there's not going to be any reaction time. The judgment of the house of Saul, the same day. The destruction of Jerusalem, the same day. And the scripture puts this clear. When the Babylonian empire was going to be broken down, the same day. Belshazzar, he was drinking. They took the cup of the temple. They were, they were rejoicing. They were drinking. And lo, there was an handwriting on the wall. Many, many, tekel, ufa, sin. And you know what? That same night, the kingdom was taken from him. No time to repent. No time to change. No time. No time. And when you look at the scriptures, all throughout the scriptures, whether it's the fall of the Medo-Persian Empire or any great destruction or retribution coming upon any group of people, it is sudden. The same day, man, we have no opportunity to make any decision. It shall be swift. It shall be sudden. It shall be sure real. It's going to be like a dream. But it shall come to pass. I know there are people who today, they've heard this and they've overheard this. And it's not like it is banal. It is, it's just one of those things. They will just find it too late to make a decision. Too late to make changes. Too late to repent. The Bible says, now is the time of salvation. Now is the moment of redemption. Don't be like those who we have read about. Many of who thought in their heart that since judgment against evil is delayed and not speedily executed, maybe it will never come. After all, we've been saying Jesus Christ was going to come for many, many years now. Maybe it will never come. But what if it comes in your time? But suddenly and certainly, without announcement, without a pre-wire, judgment is executed or without a moment to make any change, to make any amends. A sister sang the song, It Could Happen Any Moment. In the twinkle of an eye, it could happen in the morning. And it would be like a lightning. If you look at that book of Luke chapter 17, Jesus Christ described it like a, like a lightning. You know how the lightning comes? Very fast. Do you know what the twinkle of an eye is? Very rapid. Scientists said that one of the sharpest response of the body to an external stimulus is the eyelids. Very sharp. 
Before you know, even people twinkle their eyes without knowing, it's gone. And this underscores the need for us to be ready. You cannot afford to just stay without being ready. That does not mean you should fold your hands and do nothing. But you cannot afford not to be ready. You cannot afford not to check yourself and to set yourself because that day will come any moment, anytime. And it could be anytime from now. It will be sudden. I'm sorry. Many will become prepared. I pray this will not be a portion in Jesus' name. Now, as we wrap up this session today, as an introductory session, I want you to imagine one more thing with me. Please, please imagine one more thing with me. Take a second to think about just being the son's in-law of Lot. Who, at the middle of the night, Lot went to them. Wake up, wake up. This land is going to be destroyed. Let us go, let us go. And it seemed as though maybe he has been drinking something. Maybe he's too zealous. Maybe what is wrong with him? Is it because some people came to boggle his house? What is wrong with him? Why are you disturbing us? Now, remember, that was in the middle of the night. The last night, the last evening was just like every other evening. And hoping that the next day will be like every other day that we go to do our business. Then they woke up. Now it's daybreak. And lo and behold, a bright light fell from the sky. A light. It is the first brimstone. Ah, what is this strange thing? But before the next thought, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, and on and on. What will be happening in their hearts? Lo, everything is burning. Pandemonium everywhere. In the city of Sodom, and gloom, and a awful flame. What a terrible scene of suffocation. But I want to tell you that their suffocation will, will not just be the external suffocation. There will be an internal shriek, woe, confusion, sorry, wailing, and wishing. They've actually escaped. The destruction, the desolation had passed. And the smoke of the city went up as the smoke of a furnace. You know why I gave that description? The biggest regret, the biggest pain of the woe that will come upon this world will be among those who knew about it and had the opportunity to escape. You see, men who knew nothing about it, about the destruction, will wonder. They will wonder and they will will. What is this? They will wonder. And from pillar to post, they will wonder, where can I run to? That's the only thing they will do. But they will be caught in the midst of the overthrow. They will cry, they will wail. But to him that is informed would first be gnashed within with an adinone. We have an opportunity to escape. Those that would not escape will only wish and be full of regrets. But as at the time that this will be happening, it's going to be a wish too late. A wailing and ignition of this just too late. It could have happened some hours ago. Some hours ago. The people of Sodom had no time for speculations. And when Jesus comes, the world will have no time for speculation. There was only time for terror and conscience and despair. And Jesus Christ said, yes, that it will still be greater guilt, a more awful destruction, even than theirs. Now, what am I saying here? What I'm saying is not what many of us do not know. But note that we have not come to give you information. Because these things you know already. You're already informed. But what we have brought today is a reminder. But not just a reminder, a charge, a warning, a persuasion. The Bible says, knowing the wrath of God, we persuade men, we persuade the sinners to repent. If there's any sinner, repent and come and follow Jesus Christ. We persuade the backslider, whether in art or in action, to return to the Lord. We persuade the believer to go for the Lord. This is the time to go. This is the time to go and reach the people. Go for the Lord. Prioritize God in your pursuits. 
not the things of this world. And we persuade those that are already standing to be steadfast. That is the purpose. But we are nearer our redemption than when we first believed. Jesus Christ says, the love of many shall wash good. I pray you and I will not be part of those many. It is not time to be given to frivolities. It's not time to be given to activities. It's not time to be given to, to ordinary actions without power, without the presence of God, without an assurance of salvation that when it comes and if it comes today, you are going with him. It is not time to be engulfed with the desires of this world and sideline the things of God. It's a time to walk with God. You see, there was a man who was walking with God at the time. And God says, shall I do something? Shall I do something? And not tell him, my friend, shall I do something and not tell him? See, will you be that person? Brother, it's not time to hold our hands as evil rages. It is not time to just be an onlooker. It's time to get ready and be prepared for the coming of the Lord. The question I have for you today, are you ready? The songwriter puts it this way as we pray together. It says, there's a great day coming, a great day coming. There's a great day coming by and by when the saints and the sinners shall be parted right and left. Are you ready for the day to come? There's a bright day coming, a bright day coming. There's a bright day coming by and by. For its brightness shall only come to them that love the Lord. Are you ready for the day to come? For also, there's a sad day coming. Yes, a sad day coming. There's a sad day coming by and by. When the sinners shall hear his doom depart. I know you not. Are you ready for the day to come? My pleading today, brethren, is that we'll be ready. Is that I will be ready, you'll be ready. That when he comes, when he comes, and if he chooses to come this evening, that you will be ready. Can you bow down your heads and say, Father, say, Father, search me, O God. O God, search my heart. See, if there be any way in me that is wicked, see, if I begin to focus on other things that are temporal, can you ask the Lord that God Almighty will search you and reveal your own heart unto you? Brethren, it will come in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye. In a moment, in a twinkle of an eye. Where will you be when it comes? Where will you be when the first trumpet shall sound? Where will you be when it sounds so loud? When it sounds so loud as to wake up the dead? Oh, can you pray and commit yourself to the Lord? That the Lord God Almighty will help you. If there be any sin in you, you want to confess them today. You want to confess them. Oh, you want to confess them. I want to come unto the Lord. You want to come unto the Lord. Brother, sister, if there be any anything that could stand in your way, oh, if it comes now, you want to say, Father, I drop them. Now, if you have deprioritized the Lord so far, it is time. It is time to prioritize God and to begin a walk with God. Come and walk with the Lord. Come and walk in the light of his word. Come and go. Now, if you're standing already, you want to be steadfast. This is not a time for you to be shaky. This is a time for you to be steadfast. Then you open your mouth and pray to the Lord. Oh God, keep me steadfast. Hey, I don't want to be lost. Oh God, I don't want to be lost. Many will be lost on that day. Open your mouth and pray to the Lord. Oh God, I will not be lost. Father, have mercy upon me. This is the time of mercy. Today is the day of salvation. Oh, after the time is done and the time comes, no man has any other opportunity. Can you pray to the Lord that the Lord God Almighty will have mercy? He will abundantly pardon. If you have turned away from the Lord, 
at some point for any reason you want to come back to the lord the bible says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn away from their wicked way he said i will hear from heaven i will heal their land i will forgive their sins the lord is really ready to forgive you you can begin with the lord today and then if you're standing go for the lord god is looking for men and women that will go for him it is time to go for the lord go for the lord brother go for the lord sister and the lord god almighty will help you father we thank you for this great privilege you've given unto us to start this series on the last evening the last night of sodom as you look at this evening like any other oh we have seen from the pages of the scripture that the only thing we can do is just to be ready for no man will get a pre-information but god the lord we are asking get us ready keep us ready for your coming that day after day time after time oh the blings of this world will not get us we will follow you we will follow your way if there's anyone that is asking for forgiveness today if there's anyone that is asking for mercy today if there's anyone that is asking looking onto your face for a re restoration oh god restore your people oh god make your people steadfast oh god forgive your people and god the lord from today let everyone begin to walk in righteousness and in holiness ready for your coming in jesus name thank you heavenly father because we know you have answered for in jesus name we have prayed amen thank you very much and god bless you